Nothing has changed. I was reliably informed through the chair that Deputy Healy Ray approached people outside the mass to say, I can get you on the bus if you want the cataract. The, 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 the woman concerned said, You should take that back. You're a disgrace. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. That Mr. Marriott was not suspended. Did I did not to overrule him. I did not overrule Derek. Did you threaten to overrule him? I took advice. Hello, hello, and welcome to the State of Affairs. I'm Kieran Janine, your host. Uh, this Monday evening, well, we have an absolute Christmas cracker in store for you on today's show, which is actually the last show of our year uh, for 2020. We're going to try our best uh, over the next uh, hour to go through everything that happened in the last, uh, if, if that's even possible, <laughs> in the last 12 months, um, starting, of course, in January and finishing up with where we are now in December to help me go through everything that's happened is my two panellists, Anya O'Neill and Adam Hallisey, guys. How are you getting on? Very good. All good? All good. Good stuff. Listen, what I want to do is I want to go straight into it because we have an hour and it's going to be very, very difficult to cram everything into that hour. So what, I, what I'll do is I'm literally going to go through every month and we, uh, we'll pick out a couple of things and a couple of topics and themes that we, we want to go through. I suppose the most interesting thing, I think it was even the 31st of December 19 when uh, China officially came out and said that they had a, a case of this new virus, which they were calling the coronavirus. Uh, so it was a really a wonderful start uh, to, to 2020. And who knew that it was going to dominate um, the whole year? So a couple of other uh, big uh, hitting uh, news items of that time were the bushfires in Australia, which were really absolutely horrendous and, and, and probably highlighted the impact of, of climate change at the start of the year. Um, we, of course, we remember the scene a couple of months before that where a woman um, went went into a bushfire to rescue a, a koala um, and that went uh, completely uh, completely viral. The Democratic primaries, of course, uh, started in, in January. We saw uh, Austria um, forming a, a left-wing green government with, with a right-wing uh, People's Party. I, I'm not actually sure how that's going, but uh, I, I could never imagine a left-wing government and a right-wing government uh, particularly managing to find, uh, to find common ground. Um, Ricky Gervais showed the, uh, stole the show at the Golden Globes with his wonderful monologue and uh, cutting remarks to, uh, to all the celebrities. Um, Harry and Meghan announced that they're stepping back from royal duties. Uh, what did you think about that one, actually? Yeah, surprisingly, that wasn't top of my radar, but um, <laughs> I'm, I, I, I'll probably pass that one over to Anya. I, I thought I'd just th- throw in the curveball. Like. <laughs> I suppose, look, I wouldn't be too up to date with it, but if they want to step back, then fine. I suppose, obviously, Megan is very outspoken, and that's been shown recently, her article in the New York Times about her recent miscarriage, which was obviously awful. And, you know, she's been praised a lot for speaking out about that. So I think... If she wants to speak out, if she wants to be a more modern voice, then maybe the monarchy wasn't the place for them. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, like, just a large portion of society in Britain and all over the world kind of just went absolutely crazy over that. And I think it was like half of people were really offended uh, about what they were doing, and then the other half just just couldn't really care. Um, and I suppose with the with the launch of of the crown this year. 
um you know it's been a real insight into the royal family um something that like probably would have been conceived a, a few years ago of happening um but look there was there was one other major thing that happened in january and that was in inverted commas the uk officially left the eu and uh thinking about that now with obviously the, the way that the deal is going uh we think that it's likely that there might even be a no deal at this stage um but i thought i might just play a little clip to remind us of january It is globalism against populism. And you may loathe populism, but I tell you a funny thing, it's becoming very popular. <laughs> and it has great benefits. No more financial contributions. No more European Court of Justice. No more common fisheries policy. No more being talked down to. No more being bullied. No more Guy Verhofstadt. I mean... <laughs> I mean, what's not to like? I know you're going to miss us. I know you want to ban our national flags, but we're going to wave you goodbye. And we'll look forward in the future. To <laughs> I, I watched that clip last night and I thought it was just absolutely hilarious. Brilliant. Um, I, I love the part that uh, Marie McGuinness plays in that. Where So if anyone hasn't seen it, so Nigel and Anne Whitcomb and a, and a couple of others managed to get up and wave these these British flags and apparently flag waving is is banned in the in the in the parliament and uh Mairead McGuinness mutes all of their mics and says if you break the rules you get cut off yeah <laughs> <laughs> and it was a fa- it was a, it was a wonderful uh, it was it was a wonderful um, intervention and i i think um when he's speaking about populism there fraj and and, and saying how it's uh it's, it's it's growing in popularity. I mean, we've known that for a number of years and, and we might come back to populism a little bit later. And it was just interesting that Ona Brin came out recently and, you know, effectively called Sinn Féin a populist party, you know. So um, they're they're not afraid um, to use the word. So if, if we branch into if we branch into February, um, Joaquin Phoenix won Best Actor at the Oscars for his his, his wonderful uh, role in The Joker. Afterwards, he went on to give a, a lengthy diatribe, um, which I fell asleep for about 30 seconds into it. Um, the Trump impeachment vote fails. Uh, shock horror. So, I mean, like, what a waste of what a waste of three years that was, in my opinion. Um, the Irish general election. OK, we're going to come to this now. So Sinn Féin do incredibly well, win 37 seats. Fianna Fáil, 38. Fianna Gael, 35. I actually said that Sinn Féin wouldn't get more than 27 and I had a bet um, which obviously didn't end up going too well for me where I had to subsequently um, strip down and spend a couple of minutes in in Myrtleville uh, which in February I can tell you now it's not that warm you know so uh, I paid I paid the the punishment for that Um, Anya were you shocked at how well Sinn Féin did it's incredible to think that it seems so long ago. It seems like it's about 10 years ago and yet it's only 10 months ago. So, Well, um, to be honest, I think we started seeing this earlier on in the general election campaign. Like all the polls were pointing to it. Obviously, we couldn't see, I suppose, how well they do. But I think all the polls were pointing to it. We had already had the whole drama about does Mary Lou get to go in the the leaders debate and she ended up getting in the second one I believe and I don't think that's any bad thing but 
overall, I think there were a lot of signs to it. And I think a lot of people were trying to ignore them as much as they could. But I think the signs were there. Mm, yeah, that's definitely not wrong. Um, I mean, the polling did suggest it. And then some of us might have been uh, hoping uh, more than thinking that the polling would be wrong. Um, but yeah, look, like I think that while it was kind of less predictable that Sinn Féin would do so well, it was more predictable what um, occurred afterwards being that, you know, Fianna Gael and Fianna Fáil, as they've always done, kind of knuckled down and had this kind of their first instinct was to get back into government, whereas Sinn Féin um, were like completely un- unsuccessful in, in talks with smaller left-wing parties. And um, yeah, so in one sense, it was the shock election, Sinn Féin doing so well. And in the other sense, we ended up with Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael in power again. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think I, there's just one other thing we should mention there is that ultimately we should have, I suppose, we probably based things too much on the local elections, which were May 2019, less than a year beforehand, obviously. But Sinn Féin did quite badly in those. Fianna Fáil did quite well in those. Fianna Gael did OK in those, given that they were in government. And I suppose, obviously, Sinn Féin sat down and they had a very serious talk about how do we change this? What do we do differently? And maybe Fianna Fáil were a bit overly confident, Fianna Gael accepted they were going into opposition, but I think those results really changed things for a lot of them. Mm, you make a good point, and I was only t- chatting to someone about the local elections uh, the other day, and I mean, to say Sinn Féin did poorly is an understatement. I mean, and, and, and incredibly, there were, there were people running for Sinn Féin who couldn't get 500 votes, yeah. and then suddenly topping the poll <laughs> nine months later. Um, and I mean, like, in a way... Has has that come back to bite them now? Because I know in the last few days, I don't know if you saw uh, of uh, the people going through tweets or Facebook posts of I think it was Patricia Ryan who's a TD, and only five years ago she was commenting on conspiracy theories around nine eleven. Um, so so I suppose you always run the risk of, of running someone who who can't get into a locals and then and then they start topping the poll in um, in general elections. But I, I have to say that there was a part of me at the time that looked at the result and said well look Fianna Gael I thought actually took a pretty a decent stance and said look we're not going to go um, form, form a government with Sinn Féin and they were happy enough to kind of sit back and uh, I thought that was fair and I, I was surprised I was very surprised I must admit that Michal Martin um, wasn't pushed into into chatting with, with Sinn Féin I thought I thought at the end of the day he probably would have Um and look, in fairness to him for for sticking to his guns, um, but I could I could understand the resentment uh, when people were saying, you know, we voted for change because there clearly was a momentum change, um, uh, and that people wanted a, a, an alternative government. And you know, it, it, we'll see if the risk has has paid off. Um, we might be another three or four years away from a general election again, but it'd be very interesting to see, um, you know, the state of the state of Fianna Fáil in particular uh, when when that comes around. So what else happened in in February? Uh, the ghost ship washed up in Ballycotton. That was a strange one. Uh, actually, didn't manage to get down myself, but a friend of mine did and took took uh, took some videos of it. And uh, the Dow Jones fell off a cliff over the COVID concerns. And uh, Harvey Weinstein was convicted of rape in a landmark case for me the Me Too movement, and is currently serving a twenty three year jail sentence. Um, so look, we'll we'll move on into March, Super Tuesday. Biden wins uh, nine states. Burnley only wins four, so it doesn't look too good for Sanders at that stage. Lombardy locks down, of course, and we see the absolutely horrendous uh, videos and images that, that that came out of there from that time where 
it seemed more or less like uh, an apocalypse had had hit uh, as uh, as doctors were kind of uh, telling telling the UK and telling Ireland, you know, if you don't lock down now, this is what you're going to expect in three or four weeks down the line. Thankfully, we never seemed to get anywhere near as bad as, as what it was in Lombardy. And I mean, the Italian health system is, is one of the best in the world. So it, it really seemed to uh, to shock them. Um, everything is really just COVID at this stage. You know, sports, uh, sports start uh, to go. The Olympics is cancelled. The Euros are cancelled. Um, countries begin to impose restrictions. I think we... Were we here on the 12th of March? Was that the last day of college we had? I can't remember. Yeah, I think it was yeah. the 12th of March. And I was actually over in the, um, uh, covering the, the SU elections at the time. Uh, it was just a crazy couple of hours um, uh, th- that day from, from where we were in the morning to where we were that night. And uh, $2.2 trillion stimulus um, for, from the US government. And we saw the entering of a man called Tony Fauci, who we all became very interested in uh, over the over the months after that. Um, we'll move into April, and we want I want to bring up something here, which is that uh, Bernie Sanders drops out of the the race for to for, to become the Democratic nomination. Adam, surely that's his last go at it now. That's uh, his last go at it. Not the last go of. Um, the kind of supporters of his type of politics. You have a lot of young emerging talent from the Sanders wing of the party. Um, yet again, a case of uh, so so near yet so far for Bernie. Um, to, uh, just before Super Tuesday, um, you you expect him to really give Biden a go and probably to win it. And then um, Biden wins South Carolina and the, the Democratic establishment coalesce around him. So yeah, um, like the interesting uh, topic of discussion after that, of course, is how would Bernie Sanders have fared against Donald Trump? And um, I've obviously been of the opinion recently that it mightn't, it mightn't have been too good. Mm. Anya? Yeah, I suppose I would agree. I think while this is Bernie's last go at it, and I don't think he can go again, uh, obviously Kamala will be next, I would say would be the next Democratic nominee. So he's definitely finished. But at the same time, I think he has left his wing of the party a lot stronger than when he started. You have, you know, the squad, you have the original members, AOC, Ilan Omar, uh, Rashida Tlaib. But now you have a lot of other very progressive uh, Democrats after joining Congress. So I think definitely it's in safe hands, his wing of the party. And I think could we see a kind of a almost socialist ticket in a couple of years? I think we're a good bit off that, but uh, definitely a bit down the line. Yeah, I, I presume that all of the energy and all the resources now from from that wing of the party are just going to go into AOC. Oh, yeah, um, it has to be. Absolutely. And I mean, like, so we're, we're saying that, OK, let's say Biden manages to stay alive for the next four years or Kamala Harris, you know, ends up be replacing him as president. And let's say Harris runs in in 2024 gets another four years are you looking at kind of 2028 for an AOC to be coming in or are you running the risk of well you've had eight years of of Democrats it's probably likely that a Republican might manage to get in then and should they wait another four years I think she has a very long career ahead of her I don't think she needs to start thinking very I suppose about it things that imminently I suppose as you mentioned there uh, if anything were to happen to Biden in the next four years even if it was on, I don't know, the 30th of January 2021, that wouldn't count as Harris's term. So she could very easily do two terms, even if she had the majority of this four years, which hopefully, I suppose she won't. Uh, hopefully Biden will make through. But yeah, so I think 
it could be 2030, would it be? Uh, 2032? Two, yeah. yeah, 2032 yeah. before the Democrats would be looking at an, uh, another nominee. Maybe so. running against uh, Donald Trump Jr. or Ivanka. What do you think? <laughs> or what about Barron? Is the Barron the youngest? Oh, he'd be a bit too young. Yeah, I'd say. he'd be a little bit too young. Twenty thirty-two. My God, I wonder where he'll be then. Uh, I hope I'm still not in this bloody university. I can tell you that much. <laughs> um, so uh, and, and look, I I I I am sh- a little bit glib when I say uh, if Biden doesn't make it through the four years, you know, but uh, I hope he does. <laughs> I hope he does. Um, That's so, nice of you. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well, what else happened in April? So um, Andrea Bocelli had his uh, his. Covid concert online, which again seems like it's it's just so long ago. Um, it's hard to believe it's only April. Um, populist leaders, in my opinion, get found out over their responses to to Covid. We have Johnson uh, in the UK, Trump in the US, and Bolsonaro in Brazil. And of course, it was in April that uh, Trump had the infamous uh, mention about disinfectant and the virus. Um, which was, oh, it was just incredible, like, at that stage, wasn't it? And and I know we've just had spoke on one topic, but I do want to t- talk about populist leaders as well in their response to COVID. Um, you know, essentially, this, this at some stage, this was going to come down the line, wh- whether it was Brexit with with Johnson, um, you know, not too sure what you'd get with Trump, because, I mean, in January, it looked like he was on course to win to win a landslide. But when a serious crisis and challenge posed all three leaders, their lack of leadership skills um, really came to the fore, didn't they, Adam? Yeah, um, 100%. I think the defining component of populism's response to the coronavirus was probably... Uh, it managed to make science a divisive issue in countries where we saw, you know, moderate leaders, informed leaders, people informed on specifics. Um, we saw that, you know, there was a there was a, a greater willingness of people to get behind the scientists, the public health experts, and to kind of um, rally together. That didn't happen so much in uh, populous nations where the debate seemed to be, um, is COVID real? Is it the flu? This type of debate, which obviously delayed responses. Mm, I mean, Bolsonaro in particular was really, really downplaying it. Um, and w- what ended up happening in, in his country then with the cases and the deaths was was pretty extraordinary. And the ironic thing is, is that all three actually got COVID themselves, yeah. um, you know, and uh, I think Trump out of, I mean, it really seemed to affect Johnson. Like he looked um, really disheveled uh, in, in the weeks after he had it. And I'd love to actually know like how serious it was for him because you know he kind of mentioned uh, it could have gone either way but I just don't know I, I know he wasn't put on a vel- ventilator or anything like that um, but he, he really did look uh, a shell of the man there was one brighter moment for me um, in April uh, which uh, I think captured the kind of um, response from the public uh, that exemplified the British nation, I would say, as someone being uh, half English. So I want to uh, play you this little clip. When you walk through a storm, hold your head up high. And don't be afraid of the dark. At the end of the storm, there's a golden sky. And soon, so that's Captain Tom Moore uh, with his little ballad there in a song that he sang with uh, Michael Ball, a release for, for a charity single. Um, 
he actually turned 100 in April, uh, Captain Tom, and has gone on to to write a book, uh, which um, I'd say is finding its place in, in, in many presents uh, under the Christmas tree this year. He raised over £30 million pounds, uh, for the NHS by walking up and down his garden. And I, I think it was just really one of the, one of the nicer moments um, of, uh, of, of 2020. And uh, he went on to have an interview with Piers Morgan and all that kind of stuff. Um, so that was that was wonderful. And everyone who uh, either didn't have Netflix signed up to Netflix in in uh, in April for uh, The Last Dance, um, Michael Jordan's uh, Chicago Bears documentary, um, which has probably eclipsed any any other any other series on Netflix, I'd imagine, before. Um, I was never a, a huge uh, basketball fan, but nevertheless, I sat down to, to tune in um, and watch it. It was an inc- incredible, uh, incredible documentary. Um, so we come to May. Um, Warren Buffett pulls his holdings in uh, in four major U.S. airlines. Uh, really, really bleak times for the airline industry across the world. Uh, Dominic Cummings breaks the lockdown. Um, Charlie will be listening, and Charlie is probably gutted that he's gone now at this stage. Um, he isn't sacked. Johnson Johnson decides not to, not to sack him. Uh, and then, of course, the other major moment I- in 2020, aside from aside from COVID is uh, the, the killing of, of George Floyd um, which uh, sparked months and months of both peaceful and, and violent protests all around the world not, not just in the US uh, and we saw the rise of, of Black Lives Matter uh, who, have, who have now become a household name and I wanted to just maybe briefly speak about this because you know it's been covered, um, you know, so so extensively at, at the moment. But maybe if I bring it to where we are now in December 2020, and the message of Black Lives Matter, because very few people are speaking about George Floyd at the moment, and like anything, every everything is relevant only for so long. Um, and obviously, we 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 would like to see the kind of um, injustices injustices set and the the police officers involved uh, charge and all that kind of stuff. But I'm just wondering, wh- where is the message on, on Black Lives Matter in, in December 2020 now, Adam? Uh, I think somewhere down the line it became a bit confused. Um, I think the, the major strategic difficulty it faced was that um, what happened was that a lot of the people involved in Black Lives Matter decided uh, they wanted to intertwine the message of racial justice and kind of anti-police brutality with a broader um, kind of political philosophy, political agenda. And I think once that happened, it kind of gave leverage to... Um, to the right wing or the Republicans to kind of say, like, this isn't just about um, racial equality and uh, anti-police brutality. Rather, this is about uh, some sort of left wing dystopia. And I think that that's why um, there was complete support for Black Lives Matter at the beginning. And that's sort of waned to an extent, though. I think that the core message, of course, is uh, very admirable. Yeah. And I mean, as you say, at the start, it was all about um, racial injustices, you know. And then when people actually started to kind of read into what Black Black Lives Matter was about, and, you know, there, there's this strain of uh, they want to tear down capitalism and all that kind of stuff. Um, and that isn't something that a lot of people, you know, 99% of people would, would align themselves with um, uh, across the board. Uh, so, so you just wonder if it was kind of hijacked in a way a small bit. Um and it was interesting to see that we'll say the percentages of um, of black people who voted for Trump 
was was significantly higher than than it has been for other Republicans in the past. And I know, like the the vast majority of people still of black people still vote Democrat, but um, it nevertheless was it was a was a significant rise. Um, have you any any thoughts on that, Anya? Yeah, I suppose I agree with Adam that it has been kind of mixed with a more politicized message. But to an extent, I think that had to happen because if you even go back to the civil rights movement in the sixties. Martin Luther King is remembered for his, maybe his message that is kind of simplified to some extent about all children being able to play together regardless of race. But beyond that, he had a much stronger message about all the other ways that black people were being discriminated against. And a lot of that is economically. And that's a much harder conversation to have. It's very easy, like it's a lot easier to integrate schools than it is to rebuild I suppose the economic system to have less racial injustice and less kind of class injustices and everything. So I think while yes, it is a hard conversation to have, I think it's about time. And I think it obviously discrimination is happening in so many more implicit ways now in America. And I think they have to have that conversation. Mm. So I, I can understand where they're coming from. Absolutely. I think I think when everything dies down with covid um you would you would imagine that there will be some sort of conversation um start to start to come up again um and maybe maybe one which is which is more deliberative um than it than it is at the moment but like like any good uh cause there is always uh, a strong fight you know to begin with there's always a catalyst and you know usually it breaks into into violence uh, and, and that's what it takes um in, in kind of a revolutionary uh revolutionary fashion uh going into june so midway through the year there actually wasn't a whole pile that happened in the month i think uh most people were pretty pretty happy with the state of where covid was in particular the cases were going down massively uh i don't know about g but i started going down to local beaches down in in crosshaven enjoying the sun uh we spoke about one thing actually um in another show which was which was marcus rashford and his um his pledge uh, pledge and fight over over school meals um uh, and i think uh ireland as i said kind of started to open up from from covid restrictions golf everyone was playing golf everyone started playing uh, ga and hurling and soccer and all that kind of stuff again and the other thing which i didn't really want to mention being a chelsea fan but liverpool did win the premier league in june uh going into july so fina fall and fina gale enter into a coalition Michal Martin is the first Cork Taoiseach since Jack Lynch in 1973 and Leo becomes Taunishta and of course he's set to uh, take over as Taoiseach in a, in a couple of years time. Uh, Vladimir Putin, let's go over to Russia for a second, right? So Vladimir Putin wins, I didn't even notice, wins a referendum on extending longer presidential terms in office. I mean, shocker. <laughs> um, very sad news I- I over here. Um is that Jack Charlton dies, um, you know, an icon, an icon in in Irish, um, in Irish sport, and and, and someone uh, who we we really took under, um, and, and great love and affection for, uh, and essentially became a, an honorary Irishman. The EU eventually agreed a seven hundred and fifty euro billion post COVID stimulus package, um, perhaps spelling the end of fiscal conservatism and austerity. I mean, who knows? Uh, I know I wrote an article for the Progressive Beep uh, around the time of this, you know, saying, is this the end of austerity? Um, I think we've certainly learned the lessons from 12 years ago and, and the financial recession of, of 2008. 
But for me, the worst news of 2020. Adam is going to laugh at this. It was a sad day, and Ivan Yates announced his <laughs> retirement from News Talk, and my weekday afternoons are no longer the same. And uh, in other terms, that just means that I really need a girlfriend to find out at this stage. <laughs> okay, we'll go into August. So there was a, a, a terrifying and massive explosion in the port of uh, Beirut. Um, more than 200 died and 6,000 uh, people were injured. It was really horrifying explosion. I, I think you you fail to understand, we'll say, the power of energy <laughs> until you actually see that and you see the port kind of blowing up. And then I remember listening to an interview with the, on News Talk with the an Irishman and his wife who were over there at the time and he was in a bedroom like 600 metres away or 700 metres away and he was blown across the room like um, you know it's absolutely frightening altogether um, Cardi B releases WAP and uh, I don't know if anyone has seen the video of Ben Shapiro doing his best to read the lyrics out Yeah, but it's literally one of the funniest uh, one of the funniest moments in, in, in 2020 um, and it, it didn't really it didn't really go down too um, too well for Ben I, I don't think but I think at the same time he was kind of taking the taking the mick a small bit Kamala Harris is picked as uh, Biden's running mate and is now elected as the as the vice president and uh, according to uh, Anya Adam looking very likely that should be uh, the, the nominee in four years time and we could have our, our first uh, female president Putin says that uh, Russian medical experts <laughs> have, have produced the first vaccine in the world. Do you know what it was called, guys? Any ideas? Something to do with Sputnik, I'm sure. She, look, she's amazing, isn't she? I everything. mean, this is why, this is why, it, there's no reason for anyone else to come in except for Anya, like, <laughs> um, Sputnik 5, which is just remarkable, you know? Um, I mean, come on, Vlad. I know. You know? Um, 100,000, this is actually another really interesting one which was probably glazed over during the year, but 100,000 people gathered to protest in Belarus um, following a, a, a rigged election, essentially, where um, President uh, Lukashenko, I think is his name, um, you know, effectively made a, a bit of a power grab. Um, and the, the the woman, actually, who kind of won it, I can't remember her, her name escapes me now, but she was effectively run out of the country. Um, and it sparked weeks, if not months, of uh, of protests in Belarus, which for a country like that with its historic connection with Russia, I thought was amazing to see. Um, you know, it really showed a sign of that them wanting to go down this kind of de- de- uh, democratic route. Um, in Ireland, Golfgate receives public condemnation. And it's probably the, the biggest public backlash, I would say, since maybe the the water charges or the Manchu uh, tribunal, what did you what did you make of that? Definitely, it was huge, and I suppose look, I I think it was justified to an extent. It's very hard for people to listen to rules from politicians if they're not following them themselves. I'm not necessarily saying everyone who was there should have lost their job or anything. Obviously. I suppose there's a thing that, you know, if you're told that it's okay with the partition in the room, you might think it is. You know, I'm not saying everyone there is completely at fault, but I do think there had to be a bit of a a backlash for that. I think Derek Leary was very, I suppose, honourable, really, to resign so early on. And a lot of other people wouldn't have done that. Clearly, Phil Hogan wouldn't have done that the same way. So, yeah, I would say huge backlash, but 
possibly justified to an extent. An, an absolute roller coaster of a couple of months for Derek Leary because, I mean, obviously he'd been left out of, a uh, I main cabinet position. And then, who was it? Was it Barry Cowan and Barry Cowan, the, yeah. the driving offence or something like that, which I, I thought that one was ridiculous, to be honest, um, for, for him to have to resign over that. Um, but And then Derek Leary ends up having to resign literally just a couple of weeks. Um, so we now have, what, three or four... Agri- what was it agriculture minister or we're what on was a it third now with charlie mccondlow and he seems third. to be doing well right, right. so hopefully that'll continue um adam Quail, anyway, I yeah, yeah, yeah yeah he's he's literally just done nothing for his life and no <laughs> one's dug into anything uh what what did you make of golf gate adam uh didn't make much of it um although in fairness i was just back from brussels at the time self-isolating for my two weeks and was disappointed to hear that the the rules didn't apply to everyone um mm. i have a, a memory of paul murphy standing up on the doll and talking about kind of elite golden circles and I thought how pathetic our country is that our golden circle goes playing golf in a three star hotel in Clifton <laughs> instead of some exotic island or something like this oh stop and and it led to um, uh, a couple of other resignations probably as you, you said the biggest being um, being Phil Hogan uh, and yet at the same time Justice Wolf essentially threw up the two fingers and that's uh, that's gone on up until only the last couple of weeks um really so uh, I suppose in a way one would say that maybe it's a sign of uh, uh, the tyranny of uh, of meritocracy maybe um, another bit of sad news in uh, in August of uh, of this year was um, the death of of the great John Hume of course was instrumental in the Northern Ireland uh, peace process um, before I think um, Charlie had spoken about his kind of legacy on, on his own uh, podcast um, but I thought I'd, I'd just share with you a, a brief clip um, from a speech he gave in Strasbourg uh, after winning the Nobel Peace Prize. That is the philosophy of European Union, and it's the philosophy of real peace. And might I add, that is the philosophy that we should be sending to areas of conflict in the world. We should not be sending armies. We should be sending a philosophy. And given the philosophy that we have in this building, it's a philosophy that will resolve conflict everywhere. Because at the end of the day, all conflict is about the same thing. It's about seeing difference as a threat. And what we all have to learn is what the peoples of Europe learned, and we are learning in Northern Ireland. Difference, whether it's your race or your religion or your nationality, is an accident of birth. And it's not something we should be engaged in conflict about. It's something we should respect. Thank you very much for your expression today. Yeah, a really remarkable clip there from from a speech from John Hume about uh, a little over 20 years ago now at this stage. But, I mean, listening back to that, everything that he's saying there, I mean, in the contemporary context of Brexit, is still so relevant, isn't it? Of course. um, I was heartbroken at the time um, but took solace in the fact that I think we all live in, in John Hume's Ireland now um, we seem to be on our way well I mean in the last few days there seems to be turbulence but in younger generations seem to have reconciliation um, you know a love, a love of diversity a more unifying message um, at, the, at the front of our minds and I think that it's important to remember that um, the politics of John Hume uh, lives on and it, it, it's up to those of us who agree with the politics of John Hume to kind of stand up for that against more extreme elements. Mm. Anya, from your 
from your point of view? I suppose I completely agree. I don't think there's ever been such an influential figure in Irish politics. And we have had very influential figures, but such a positive influence for so long. I suppose there's his work on the peace process. There's also all his work on the credit unions. He just constantly was trying his best to make life better for people. And I think he really did. It was one that I suppose shocked me a lot because at the start of the summer, I had actually interviewed Colm Eastwood, the current leader of the SDLP. So uh, I'd been doing a lot of research on John Hume and all of his work and everything to ask Colm about. So really, it was just a huge shock. But I think he achieved so much. And it's great to see the John and Pat Hume Foundation up and running now. And hopefully that'll continue his great work. And and if you can recall some of that chat you would have had with Colm Mm -hmm. Eastwood, what were the kind of things that he was saying about John Hume? Well, I suppose it was a while ago now. I've done a good few since. Sorry, I'm putting you on the spot. uh, Yeah, of course, obviously the SDLP is just, it really is based around the philosophy of John Hume and everything he ever worked for. And I think Colm Eastwood's biggest job now is ensuring that that continues and that they stay true to that message and all of the values that John Hume had. Mm. And I've actually, since, um, since he was elected, uh, as an MP uh, in December 2019, I've really actually enjoyed seeing him speak um, in Westminster. Uh, and I'm, most of it has probably been uh, virtually, but it's great to actually see um, an Irish an Irish man not afraid to go into Westminster and uh, and speak as uh, as an MP. Um, I thought that uh, Aoife Grace Moore's comment about John Hume was was beautiful. And that was, you know, this was a man who was, was battling dementia for, for quite a few years. And uh, she, she mentioned how uh, John would be kind of going around dairy walking sometimes. And given given the state of his illness, he would kind of get confused about where he was. And apparently um, groups of people used to actually walk around with John just to make sure that he was okay. And he they, they direct him home or they direct him to, to some place that he recognized. And uh, she, she said... Um, that that John Hume had looked after looked after Derry, so Derry looked after him, and I um I thought that was a really really beautiful comment um from her. So moving into uh, September, we see more scenes of of wildfires uh, in California. Um, I think something like two million acres were burnt across uh, across the state. Um, so it was the place was literally on fire. Um. And San Francisco, you could actually see plumes of of kind of orange-filled, smoky skies. Um, so again, you know, we started the year with with the Australian wildfires, and you know, we're kind of three quarters of the way through the year, and we and we see more of it in in California. Uh, following the death of judicial icon Ruth Bader um, Ginsburg, President Trump indicates his willingness to nominate Amy Coney Barrett uh, to the Supreme Court, sending. The Wokies I have down here absolutely bammy. And it did send them bammy, didn't it? It did, but it also sent the, whatever the, the nickname for reasonable people is, the bit bammy as well. I thought that, like, it just showed the absolute polarization of um, US politics, that people were willing to still support the Republicans after just such transparent hypocrisy. It was hilarious. Um, in 2015, 16, uh, when uh, Obama had the opportunity to nominate Merrick Garland to the Supreme Court, they said that it should never, ever happen in an election year. And then in an election year, four years later, they seemed to think that it was perfectly fine um, and didn't receive that much backlash, especially not internally. Mm, I wonder, had it been 
had something happened to one of the Republican judges, um, if they had died or something like that, I mean, presumably you wouldn't seen anything near the same sort of um, it would have been quiet, yeah. yeah. It would have been it would have been very quiet. And as you say, it's just a, a sign of how polarizing things are. Um, and I'd imagine, like, I, I know the argument was so Trump was going up for for re-election, obviously, um, and it was felt that unless he wins that re-election, he shouldn't be allowed to nominate a judge. And that was the kind of the ethical the ethical choice or something like that. But I mean, when it comes down to this, it's just never going to happen, is it? Yeah, no, not in the kind of nitty gritty specifics of politics. Um, I think it was always going to, it was inevitable that uh, a Trump judge would be nominated. But he, um, yeah, the uh, the argument was that like in the interest of democracy and the people's voice, um, when there was an election so imminent, uh, they should wait until after that. Um, I, I want to remain on Trump for a second because September also saw the first debate between himself and, and Biden um, with with obviously no audience. Uh, but I thought that it was a real a real low for for American politics. Um, I think was was that the one where Joe Biden was like, shut up, man, or something yeah. like that? Yeah. I mean, like it was it was shocking, wasn't it? It really was just, I suppose, looking at it, you'd think a country of not sure what their population is. Is it somewhere in the region of 100 million? However much it is. It's about three times that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That many people and they couldn't find anyone better. I really just... Two old white fellas. I really thought it was very difficult to watch now. But ultimately, look, I think on reflection, I think Biden, I think he can be good. I think he has a very good team. I think in terms of the next Democratic nominee. I think Kamala is really a very strong influence there. Um, And definitely, I would be very happy to see as the next nominee. So I think that debate really summed up that kind of, that whole message of, does he have anything to say other than he's not Trump? Mm. Looking into it more, I think he does. But at the time, it really just looked like there was nothing he could say other than not being Trump. And I think if if Trump had his time back, he'd be l- very, very much so um, less argumentative because I think he he performed a lot better in the second debate. And the argument was from uh, just from from some analysts was that if Trump had been a lot calmer in that first um, in that first debate, then he actually could have ended up winning the election because a lot of people would have seen that first debate and just gone, well, look, that's ridiculous. Um, uh, and I'll vote for Biden. Yeah, we talk about the power of the presidency helping an incumbent in elections, but he it didn't help him because he just seemed so unpresidential. Um, interesting enough, that was actually when I made my mind up thinking that I was almost sure Biden was going to win. I thought that in the 2015-2016 debates, um, as vicious as his policies were, there was a sort of strange charm about Trump. Um, even his humour, like his his sharpness, was I, you could see how it would be attractive to a certain type of voter, but I just thought that the, the, the performance in that debate was ridiculous and not all that charm had kind of seemed to wear off. Mm, and it seems that he's he's finally given up uh, given up the ghost as well with this um, the election fraud. So seemingly he's he's edging closer and closer to the door as the as the days go on. Um, what else happened? We got back to college, which was fantastic. I know most of it is spent in our bedrooms, which isn't great, uh, but 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 technically we're back here. There was also one really really worrying thing that happened in September, and that was. David Attenborough started trending on Twitter and everyone thought, oh, God, 
here we go uh, can 2020 get any worse David Attenborough's kicked the bucket but it was actually just he'd started an account on Instagram which was great <laughs> which was which was much better than him dying um, and he actually broke the record for the, the uh, quickest um, person to gain a million followers uh, any ideas who he beat any Jennifer guesses Jennifer Aniston I think look this is just ridiculous <laughs> like, about a year ago I think I mean like it's just a joke at this stage isn't are it? you preparing just, conspiring against I, me or no, something no, to make no, me no. look like the no 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 <laughs> we're not we're not we're not I promise we promise um, okay going into October Trump gets COVID uh, ends up being okay and he kind of walks up onto the steps after he comes out of hospital and he looks fantastic and everyone was kind of losing their minds as well at that stage um, UK, France and here in Ireland we start announcing that we're going back down and introducing um, more lockdown measures in New Zealand uh, a country who is praised for its response um, to coronavirus uh, Jacinta Ardern wins a landslide and is re-elected as the, uh, the Prime Minister of New Zealand Pope Francis I'd missed this one Pope Francis uh, comes out and backs gives his personal backing for same-sex um, civil unions which is a um, pretty amazing moment in the history of the Catholic Church I thought um, I, I, I must have missed that um, about time lads about Definitely. time yeah inevitable but about time yeah. yeah yeah I think completely Pope Francis has been I suppose really within the Catholic Church well needed change mm. hugely needed change from the start his whole thing of you know turning down I suppose when he was in I'm not sure where, what country he was in uh, what he, uh, which country he was a cardinal in but wherever Argentina. it was Argentina. Argentina he gave up the kind of cardinal's residence for a tiny apartment and was driving around in a, fo- a Ford Focus you know so mm. very much I don't know if either of you saw the, the two popes the, the film no oh it's I think it came out it was 2019 but what what a film it's just uh, it's incredible um it, it basically discusses um Pope Benedict stepping down and um Pope Francis uh coming out and it's called the two popes because there's never been two popes technically alive before um at the same time uh what else happened in the world of sport F1 driver Lewis Hamilton um moves one win ahead of the 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 incredible Michael Schumacher surpasses his record um Chile votes to scrap its constitution which was actually drafted by uh, the former right-wing dictator Augusto Pinochet, which was an interesting one that I found out about. Uh, the US Senate confirms Amy Coney Barrett, and Corbyn is suspended from the Labour Party. Poor old Jeremy, we hadn't heard, we hadn't brought him up yet. Um, and who could forget it? But he seems. I think he's back now, isn't he? He's reinstated. Um, I think partially so. Yeah. I think it was pretty much all for show. I'd say was it from. Yeah, but like I mean, there's meaning behind it, but it was it was probably a political jest. Yeah, um, uh, my my views on Corbyn might, as you would say, take a Joe Rogan episode, so I might yeah. veer over to Anya on that one. Yeah, I suppose I haven't really been keeping up with it that much, but look, I I think you have to say Keir Starmer was right to some extent. You know, he had to show that they weren't tolerating. I'm sure was it about anti-Semitism? Correct. Yeah. yeah. And I think, look, he had to show that the party aren't gonna aren't gonna stand for that. I mm. would expect the same if it, anything were to happen similar over here. Mm. And he he really seems to have kind of disappeared off the face of the earth. Yeah. Um, since yeah. since the election this Brilliant. time last year. <laughs> um, okay, we'll move into November. Now this is uh, an incredibly busy month. So what I might do before we we start delving into all of it, there one one of the saddest um, moments to come out of it was the the passing of um, Diego, Diego uh, Maradona 
uh, from following I think surgery complications or, or, or something like that and uh, I thought I might play this quick clip Any idea what's happening there? How's your Spanish, lads? That's not against England, is it? It is. Yeah. It's the second goal, so which was pro- possibly the greatest goal ever scored in history, or certainly in in a World Cup. Um, and th- I was listening to some really, really interesting podcasts um, discussing kind of the impact that Maradona had in in Argentina. And uh, I think can can you remember it coming out about the the guy who belonged to the funeral service taking a yeah. selfie of his open casket. I mean, what a langer. I mean, seriously. Like, I hadn't heard about that. Is that, not just, is that not just 2020 in a nutshell? Like, people of our generation, like, just taking a selfie of your man in the casket. Like, I wouldn't like to be him now. Was he on the run or something? Oh, I'd, I'd say so, to be honest. I, th- I know he was getting death threats and all that. I mean, like, if he went out in the street and anyone saw him, like, he would be killed. He would oh, yeah. be lynched. A- absolute fact. Maradona's godlike almost in Argentina. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, he probably second to Pope Francis, to be honest. Probably. Um, okay, so what else happened in November? Uh, Johnny Depp lost his libel case against the son, um, who had claimed that he had assaulted his wife. It was a really, really, really strange case. Um, I can remember it kind of going on in the early months uh, of the year and Depp kind of coming out uh, and taking pictures with his wife in front of the cameras. Uh, it's just just mental. Like, oh, God. Um, okay, the US election. Now, we're not, we're not going to get, I swear to God, we're not getting involved in this. Um, but, uh, you know, Trump looked like he was all but going to seal the win. And then overnight, within a couple of hours, um, the dumped votes, as, as, as Trump was calling it, you know, magically appeared. Um, it's called Democracy Donald. And uh, Biden takes a, a considerable lead. And uh, tr- Trump obviously claims mass voting fraud. But the the best story that came out of that, come on, Adam, you know what I'm going to say. Not a the clue. The Four Seasons. The Four Seasons total landscaping <laughs> has to be. It's just unbelievable, like, isn't it? Oh, brilliant. I mean, what a fitting end to a presidency. He said that um, America was going to win again, number one. <laughs> it ended with Rudy Giuliani outside Four Seasons total landscaping. With the hair dye coming down him. Yeah. yeah. Um, f- what a fall from grace there. Fair, fairly dismal. And, and Biden ends up uh, being being declared the winner um, a few days later I think on the, around the 7th or the 8th of November um, in, in positive news which was the, probably the best news of 2020 it was that um, Pfizer had announced um, a vaccine which had a 90% um, effective uh, efficacy and it was quickly followed by others I think AstraZeneca and uh, Moderna, Moderna and, and Sputnik 5 who could forget Sputnik <laughs> 5 lads um, I certainly won't now anyway <laughs> ok so the word of the year from the Collins English Dictionary any guesses? Hint? Well, like, COVID, like. Uh, Think of a word to do with COVID. It's not lockdown, is it? Lockdown. At least you got one. Yeah. You got one. Like, only, I think Ani knew that, but she was like, oh, <laughs> I'll have to give it to this one now. Um, okay, what else happened? Argentina. Speaking about Argentina, they beat the All Blacks for the first time. Um, poor old Dom Cummings got the heave-ho. And Charlie has been crying ever since. Um, Michael B. Jordan was voted the sexiest man alive. Anya? Didn't hear anything about that. Do you know who he is? 
is he a basketball player? Didn't, no, no, that's Michael Jordan. Wait, I haven't a clue. You don't know who that is? Well, no. look, she has a boyfriend, so it's okay. Um, <laughs> what else happened? Uh, Trump, I, did, I missed this one. He pardoned Michael Flynn. Didn't did. see that one at all. Um, I mean, usually they tend to do that, presidents, don't they? When they know they're going out, they, they kind of throw out the pardons like uh, like there's no tomorrow. And he might be pardoning himself soon. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Um, here's something I also missed. And do you remember the coup d'etat in Turkey a few years ago? Yeah. So um, apparently 337 military officers were given life sentences um, following that. And I, I completely... I completely dropped the ball on that one. Didn't hear anything about that whatsoever. And um, I think it was 2016 or 2015 when that happened. But, you know, n- not not great signs again in uh, in Turkey. Um, Biden announces Janet Yellen is to is to head the U.S. Uh, Treasury, which was an interesting appointment. Um, I, was spo- I spoke to Eddie Hobbs about that a couple of weeks ago and we were saying, you know, she's a very kind of steady Eddie, um, pardon the pun, um, figure. And certainly with very little kind of radical leftist change in her. Um, So it seems that we won't too much, uh, we won't see too much uh, radical change from from the Treasury in the next uh, four to eight years. Okay, so we've got a couple of minutes left and we'll move into December. Uh, Already this month, we've seen the fantastic news of the, the vaccine being given the go ahead in the UK. And the first person in the world take the vaccine apart from the Sputnik 5 one uh, but we can rule that one out for now um, is actually an Irish woman in the UK um, I, I, f- I forget what her name is now um, I think she was was she from Ballyhonis or Mayo or I think, was she from uh, Mayo? around there and did you see the, uh, the the British newspapers claiming her to be British and the Irish newspapers claiming her to be Irish so oh, that's so don't typical. we know that one like uh, that's 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 a typical one, isn't it? You might have to do that about yourself soon enough. <laughs> yeah, well, here we are uh, with 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 uh, West Brit trending uh, all over Twitter for the last week. Um, and Germany announced it was locking down again uh, yesterday following a rise in cases. And I know we had uh, we had four hundred and fifty here yesterday. I'd imagine we might even have five fifty or six hundred tomorrow with the backlog on a Tuesday. So. Um, you know, I would say make good of the freedom while it lasts, because uh, I'd say in a couple of weeks' time, um, you know, early January, we, we might be heading for another lockdown. Lads, I'm wrecked after that. Yeah. Um, 2020 has been absolutely mental. What a year. Um, any any one moment that I haven't mentioned for you to pick out? Um, not particularly. The US-Iran tensions at the start of January last year, I suppose, or this year even. Mm. Anya? about that actually it just seems so long ago uh, and I mean I've left out so many things you know people will be but you saying, have to about this? You know? yeah yeah literally we yeah. have an error lads I'm sorry I'd have to say now having spent a lot of the summer down in Kerry uh, Fungi down there oh yeah oh, had lads, us all I'm devastated sorry, Fungi did we, uh, we did we find out what, like Fungi is dead like isn't he's gone he's gone yeah. he's gone yeah I'm gonna say he's gone off and somewhere else now yeah <laughs> he's somewhere he else he might be now. back yeah, or some other coffee. But I mean, like, surely that was about the 19th reincarnation of Fungi of course, down in yeah. Kerry. Like. That actu- actually, I looked that up a couple of years ago. They actually have a very long life. Uh, that yeah. breed of dolphin, it's something like 50 or 60 years. And he's only been but there for But you couldn't stay down in Kerry for 50 or 60 <laughs> years. I mean, my God almighty. I mean, I know you were down there for a summer on you, but um, I, I, I can't imagine you you, you do manage the, uh, the 50 or 60 years. Uh, they're they're going to have to find... Um, someone else to to attract them down and and listen i hope to god that um 
you know places like Kerry and uh, you know Wexford and in Cork uh, are able to attract tourists um, next summer because uh, it's going to be vital for them to to, to kickstart the the tourism and the travel industry again. Um, any any last thoughts, lads, before we finish up? No, geez, it's been a mental year. Um, I mean, ups and downs. If you told me I was doing a radio show in a year's time, I'd be very happy. And wearing a mask and not seeing my friends for a few months, I probably wouldn't have been so happy. But you just have to make do with it, I suppose. Mm, exactly. Anya? Yeah, I'd have to agree. It's been a mad year. We never could have predicted it. And uh, hopefully things will get better. Yeah. I know I'm not one of these people who magically believes it's all going to stop on the 1st of January 2021. But... Uh, hopefully it'll be something. Oh, yeah, I, I, I'm na- naively optimistic. Uh, <laughs> so look, look, lads, have a great Christmas, and um, everyone who, who's listening and supported us over the last uh, couple of months or so, it's been great. Um, it's been great to have you with us, uh, tuning in uh, either live or, or on on podcast afterwards. Of course, this will be up on, on Spotify again in a couple of hours' time. Uh, I wish everyone. Um, very happy Christmas and a great new year and look I know we mentioned uh, Diego there a minute ago and one song that I could not stop singing and get out of my head was of course the 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 song that was played when he was doing the incredible um, warm up during a, a game for his uh, his national team so um, here is Life is Life <laughs>